0: Okay, hey, if you have your if you have your quarterly, we're on page uh, 46. 45 is sort of the picture you can watch, uh, picture you can see, and uh, what you see is that probably is a uh, is an Olympic event going on for those who have lost limb. I've often wondered how they can run on that spring or whatever, but hey, the resurrection of Jesus. And then the writer asks us, what are some things one ought uh, or one thought impossible that had become a reality? And we know uh, living, living after death is one of those realities. Okay, we're going to start on page 46 and we'll start by praying. So if you're watching today by internet, if you're into the YouTube channel, Let me encourage you maybe to get a Bible handy and turn into your Bible to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and we'll be looking at verse number 3 through 9 first, okay? Our subject matter of today, naturally on Easter, would be the resurrection uh, of our Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Father, thank You, Lord, for the precious privilege that we have today to come not only uh, to come, but we can come together with other believers to worship uh, our living Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to be partners along your side, to be children in your family, and then, Lord, to be able to have the freedom to share that in the country that we live. Lord, bless those families that are grieving today that we mentioned earlier. Give grace, peace, and sufficiency to them all. In uh, days like today, now, in Jesus' name, amen. On page 46, he just always gives us a little introduction, and uh, he began that uh, looking into the 1800s. He said the idea that people could communicate without being in the same room seemed impossible until Morris showed what a telegraph could do in 1837. And then he goes on and he uh, tells us about some of the modernization of things. He talks about dots and dashes could be transmitted without wires uh, as early as 1901. And we think that our uh, society, or we think that our generation uh, has, has saw it all. But friend, technology is changing every day. But one thing that doesn't change is the reality of our Lord Jesus uh, that we find recorded uh, in regards to the resurrection. Now I'd uh, ask you maybe if you want to just do some real challenging things to take your concordance or maybe your study Bible. And as you do that, what you would discover uh, or what I'd ask you to discover is the various places. Uh, whether it be prophecy of the Old Testament that became reality in the New Testament, look at those passages in regard to Jesus and His resurrection. Now, we all know the latter parts of the story where He had told His disciples and the ladies that He would rise again, uh, but yet uh, it it became one of those afterthoughts. In other words, they regained that much after it happened. Well, in John chapter 20, verse 3, I'm reading that first passage, it says, At that Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came, he entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, then also went in and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead." And that last sentence there, they did not understand the scripture that he might rise from the dead, is ne- is ever more evident in their act out who that unnamed disciple is uh, from verses 3 to verse number 9. Any of you figured that out by now? We all suppose he's John. Why? John didn't want to give his own name there. I don't think he was afraid to, I'm a at this time, but... But he seems to be the one, and if you study, talks about now uh, the par- probably no empire on earth has been didn't invent crucifixion, but they perfected it, and in many reasons that it was a common uh, means of death. So as we try to dissect that a little bit. Who, who really was first at the tomb? We don't have it. We wasn't reading verse 1 and 2. But who really were first at the tomb? Those ladies. Y'all ladies, y'all never give up or give out, do you? But hey, they were there. Uh, it doesn't really tell us that men were not usually engaged into that process of preparing a body for burial. Or I don't find anywhere it tells us they were not involved. But in this particular story, we know it had been carried out in such haste to get him off and buried. Uh, we know that uh, there were two men named in Scripture that had a part of that. Do you remember who they were? Joseph of Arimathea, I think was the main. And then there was one who came by night to Jesus earlier, and it lists him uh, there as Nic- Nicodemus came and assisted him. Uh, so, with all of that in mind, uh, Simon seems to be the first one, and when I say Simon, I should have just went in and said Peter, seems to be the first one to go into the tomb, according to John 20, especially in this rendezvous here with these two guys. And he sees two things. He sees the linen cloths, then he sees the face cloth. Uh, I remember the first time, goodness, I can't remember how many... Uh, years ago it was when I first read an article about the Shroud of Turin. Uh, you remember that many have said that it probably is the grave cloth that Christ was buried in. And you know, the, it has the imprint. You know, they say uh, there's been uh, much uh, said about that. I don't know. I don't take anything uh, in regards to that. doesn't bother me or doesn't encourage me either. Why? We are saved because we believe by what? Faith, not by sight. And as a result of that, I think I told you last week uh, concerning the hill where Jesus died on, uh, the place of the skull, that's not the only place people are uh, looking at there. They'll send you to Gordon's Calvary or the place of the skull. Same, same when it comes to the tomb. You know, there's going to be. Oh, we believe he was buried over here, and then we got this gravesite over here. That's the garden tomb. So, just remember, if you want to do some Google research, you'll find that there's a lot of things that that it's not clear on. But you know what people do with these places, do you? Uh, they are they're practicing they're practicing uh, economics, is what they are. So if they can get them a place. That might have some of the thoughts concerning that. They'll pay a, They'll get people to pay to go in and see those things. So, with this, uh, there, you know, there's just not a lot more to say about the resurrection, is there? Now, what's that? He arose. He arose. Amen. He's not here. He is risen. That's right. Amen. Uh, and that's that's what so enlivens. I, I tell it the. Easter story. I was reading something the other day that somebody was debating uh, whether it was in early spring like we're celebrating. You know, what if we're wrong? That doesn't matter, does it? I know that because of how God gave Moses some instruction back in Exodus chapter 10, in the particular time of the t- day on which it would be the sacrifice would be killed, this is when it comes to Jesus now it's very much modeled after the old uh, methodology however the difference was that Jesus became the holy spirit if you forgive the sins of any they will be or they are forgiven them if you retain the sins of any they are retained so, the, what day of the week is it? A lot's happening on this first day of the week, isn't it? Before dawn, I think day might be breaking when the ladies arrive with their spices and things. So, they get a report that he's not here. And they want to, The one thing that we know is that Peter and John, they're in this group now. And this group, as they're there, Jesus comes in and he brings some evidence. What does everybody want in a court of law or in a criminal investigation? They need evidence, don't they? What was Jesus' evidence? Okay, right, what he says in verse 20 if you're following along now on YouTube in John chapter 20 verse 20 it says he showed them his hands and his side, so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Now it does not give us an account here in John's Gospel at this moment, but we know that uh, two disciples were not present here. Who were they? Don't take much imagination. Now we know that Judas wasn't. He was of the devil from the beginning, and we know that there was uh, another that wasn't there the first time the Lord appeared to the disciples. Who was he? Thomas. Thomas. Why is it for what you're putting in today? It's good. Okay, uh, let's turn the page if you would. Uh, and while you're turning, I forgot that little statement there on bottom of 49 by Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel said, Jesus Christ did not come into this world to make bad people good. He came into this world to make dead people live. Lee Strobel, we've uh, read some of his things. We've probably done a few uh, of his uh, DVD studies uh, from time to time. Uh, Lee Strobel, uh, he, he's a very good presentator uh, when it comes to truth, gospel truth. So the disciples knew when Jesus showed them the hands and the side, they, they could not have disbelieved at that moment. They see the wounds uh, as they were. Now, remember in verse 21, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. No, I think the disciples should truly be able to comprehend this because they've been with Him three and a half years and I, I think you could say that they really know He's been about the Father's business and they've been engaged with Him in that. Now we're going to jump to that Thomas passage, okay, in verse 27. I jumped ahead of myself a while ago, so you all be merciful to me. Then said Thomas, in verse 27, Put your finger here, and reach out your hand and put it in my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to them, My Lord and my God, Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now this is where all the living people from the ages, from the time that Jesus was resurrected, even unto the day that you and I live, we're included in this blessed promise here. Why? We have not seen, excuse me, we have not Jesus gives this statement there. The writer right here in this first paragraph on page 50 said, I'm sure many people could fill in the blank. Oh, don't be such a doubting whatever. You know, the disciples could have probably gave him a bad rap for about seven days probably question him on every turn. Why won't you believe, Thomas? However, Jesus comes again a week later than he had given the first appearance, and Thomas is present. The writer said this story is different than that. Instead of seeing a doubting Thomas, when we see him interacting with Jesus, we could see a man grieving over the loss of his friends. Said the first time we really got to know Thomas in John 11, Jesus was getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus told the disciples his plan, they all remembered him. That might they all reminded him that might not be the best idea. After all, the last time they were in Judea, the religious leaders tried to kill him. Jesus would say in the Gospel of John, though. Many times prior, he'd say, my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. But this is uh, the time when he said, it's, it's ready. And he would come to Bethany. The writer asked a question there. What do you appreciate about Thomas? In the South, I've heard it said many ways, but what you see is what you get. Thomas just said what many others might have been thinking. He said, "I won't believe unless I see, unless I touch." And we, I can understand that. You know, I'm a little apprehensive Uh, sometimes. I'm a procrastinator as well. I need to see things. I still can't figure it out, but seeing it helps greatly. Thomas, the writer says on page fifty-one, Thomas spoke up on behalf of the group. "Lord," Thomas said, "you remember in John uh, fourteen, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way?" But it's amazing how the, the faith of Thomas was uh, changed so dramatically after seeing the resurrected Christ. So, uh, the writer says that Thomas is a, uh, probably a contemplative and sensitive. He wrestled with facts and thought through the implications of what it meant to follow Jesus. He wasn't a man full of doubt, but a man who was sold out for Jesus. Then that uh, next paragraph is good, if you would read it. We don't know why Thomas was not with the other disciples. The first encounter with the risen Jesus, and the writer said, I can only speculate, but I think Thomas may have been too heartbroken over Jesus' death, because this event that we just read about was a week later, and uh, much was unfolding. Remember how many days did they have to spend with Jesus after His resurrection? They didn't know how many days it was going to be, but yet there was only, as we look back on it, there was only 40 days. And boy, Jesus is making the very best. Can you imagine as those little stops and those uh, things that He has done to, to prepare them for His permanent going away. Let me say it that way. Until His coming again that He has promised. Anything else about the Easter story? Just best summed up when it said he is not here. He is risen. You know there was no hesitation with that with that statement, were they? They didn't say he is not here. He's gone and we don't know where he's at. They just said he is risen. As if they might have been an eyewitness somewhat to that a little bit. Anything else? Well, thank you all. Hey, it's a joy to try to share this, and you folks were watching today by YouTube, next week we'll be in John chapter 15, verse 26, as we begin, and we'll be studying the work of the Holy Spirit. So join us again next week at 10 o'clock, if you would, and if you happen to miss the 10 o'clock live, follow up with us any time during the week, okay? God bless you.